There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back to the official GeekSpeak podcast. And I've stopped saying the episode number in the intro because I inevitably forget and get it wrong. I'm your host, Sean, and joined as always is my co-host, Josh. New year, same job, Rudy Rudolph. This is the podcast where we watch movies, make movies, play games, and more. What else can you ask for? It has been so long. I mean, yeah, but that's part of adulting. We last recorded on November 30th, 2022. It is now February 3rd, 2023. You know, we could just lie and just not say when we're recording because they'll, they'll never know. I think based on what this episode's content is, it'll be pretty clear <laughs> considering this episode is a bunch of news. We skipped all of December and all of January, but not on purpose. I moved across the country and am now three hours apart from Josh, so scheduling this will be even harder from now on. I'm also now working 40 hours a week, uh, so it makes doing stuff like this more challenging to figure out scheduling-wise. It's so fun. Now, most episodes, we go through a different Disney Channel original movie, or DCOM for short, and we will see how in a short period of time, the biggest media company on Earth caters towards solely children with a large sample size, and we'll see quality changes, etc. through these DCOMs. But today is not that day. And we also usually have a thing at the end called a super weird story, where I uh, talk to Josh about it's only in comic books or um, comic book culture or superhero culture that's a little out of the norm, weird, outdated, or just fascinating. And I have him blind react to it. It could be something incredibly problematic, like our first episode. Um, or here's something incredibly wholesome, which we had before as well, or just fun. Like we had a story about the swordsman back when we had a character, um, back when we had the guest Bueller on, we talked about the character of the swordsman and that was a very interesting, uh, story I'd say. And so that's kind of what that vibe is. And again, today is not that day because there's too much to talk about. There is quite a bit to talk about because a lot's been happening in the world of pop culture and movies and stuff for the past two months. <laughs> if this is your first episode this is not the normal kind of episode we do, because like I just said, we have our segments. But this episode, no main topic, no super weird story, no decom, just news. All of the biggest news from t- December 1st until now. I had to be very selective about it, because there's, I left out normally when we were week to week. I include a lot more fun, silly, small things. But this is not, I couldn't, I couldn't do that. There's too much that happens and too little time. So, without further ado, let's get into this shit show that is all of time for these past two months. Oh boy. I had it color-coded. I had to color-code my notes in sections. Because there's two... I have six pages of freaking notes, Josh. 
That's a, quite a bit. Let's start with movies released. So in December, we got some good movies, I'd say. Yep. We got the Encanto at the Hollywood Bowl Disney Plus special. Like a little sing-along thing. Uh, yeah, I think it was cool. like the cast of the movie um, played their characters mm-hmm. like live, which is a fun idea. We, we got Matilda the Musical on Netflix great, now. Great movie. Absolutely loved it. We got officially released Glass Onion on Netflix, which was our last episode is about Glass Onion when we saw it in November. Back so, in theaters, which it should have been. I'm so pissed <laughs> about that. We saw Babylon, which we'll talk about a little bit more toward the Oscar discussion because that should be more in that discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw oh, there was women talking. There's Wildcat came out, which looks really fun, honestly, and really heartwarming. I've not seen it yet. Did you watch the Whitney Houston "I Want to Dance with Somebody" movie? I had absolutely no interest in watching it after Elvis because I'm so done with music biopics, and from the trailers, it just looked like another one. And like, there's nothing against you know the people that make them, but writers that make these, can you not? Just do something different. Like, just focus it on one section of their lives. Just do that. We don't need to see their whole lives. And also, how are all their lives seemingly the same, where they go through the exact same problems as all other major music stars? We also got Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, which is also nominated for Best Animated Feature, which we'll get to soon again. So good. It's apparently a very good movie. I'm not seeing it yet. I'm seeing it like this next week, but... I'm I'm very happy Spireverse opened the door for doing different forms of animation um, for animated movies. It's not just either hyper realistic or just like somewhat cartoonish, but now they're just like screw the realism. We're gonna have fun. We also got the Violet Evergarden uh, recollections. I think movie is what it is. We got the Fleece Navi Dodd Simpsons special, um, a Netflix movie called Private Lesson, um, Avatar: The Way of Water, which we'll get into in a minute. Um, uh, we got a movie called High Heat. We got Night at the Museum, Common Ramen Rises Again, an animated film with Zachary Levi in it. I guess that they released a trailer for that like a few days before it came out, which just kind of goes to show like how much faith they had in it. I also realized I just said Common Ramen. He's not a ramen noodle. It's Common Raw. Sorry. <laughs> Whatever. We got um. Del Toro's Pinocchio in this past December, which we'll get into again soon. Uh, I enjoyed that quite a bit. We got Empire of Light, which has, has mixed reactions, but... Many. You know, it's we, December happened, and we've had movies now in December. I yep. think overall, a good list of movies came out in December. And we're forgetting a ton, because there's so many movies come out all the time. We also have some stuff in January. Every major January release that came to theaters... I really enjoyed so um, missing plane, a man called Otto, and what's what's it called? Um, Megan, the or son, Ma- or Mithrigan. Um, all those Megan major releases fun. were so good, um, which very much surprised me. Like plane was probably the one I was like, this is going to be the worst, and it was really fun, which surprised me. So yeah, we got all those. We got a two B original called The Assistant. We got Alice Darling. We got The Sun. Um, the Tomorrow Job on um, was it Prime or something? I don't know what it was on. I don't know. But that came out too. <laughs> movies keep coming out, Josh. There's so many um, like streaming movies that came out that I either haven't heard of or have had no interest in watching lately. You mean like The Dog Lover's Guide to Dating, which is an actual movie that came out in January? Fascinating. <laughs> um, we also got The Third Guest, which is a horror movie, and The Deleter. 
I don't know what that's about. Of, I've never heard of these. <laughs> well, have you heard of the movie, or is it Electric Appalachia? Where are you finding these? I think we both had a really good time watching Mithrigan. Yes. And I, I've been catching up a lot more on some 2022 movies, too, that I, that I missed in theaters. Um, like, I just last night watched Triangle of Sadness, which we'll get into again in the Oscar discussion in a minute, because that's relevant. So, movies can't, did come out, Josh, these past two months. Weird that they do that. I don't know why. And then two episodes from now, we're probably doing our Ant-Man Quantumania discussion, which is crazy. That's so soon. But now we're past the movie release section to here is some non-specific movie news. Non-specific. Let's talk about Fast X first off. We have news that we're getting our first trailer for Fast X or Fast 10, February 10th. So in seven days, we're getting the Fast X trailer. What are your thoughts? They better show Jason Momoa, they better show Brie Larson, they better show these new characters, and they better tease um, Gal Gadot um, coming back to life. Yeah, Gal's coming back. I know she died. I watched one of those where she died. So. Anyone, most like major core members, if they've died, they are either coming back or they are already back, <laughs> which I find very funny. That's nonsense, Josh. This whole series is nonsense, and that's why it's cinema. We'll have to have our mutual Marley on, who loves Fast and the Furious, because I have watched the movies one time, and it was a blur. They're all the same movie to me. It's you're, one movie. You're wrong. You, you're wrong. We went from DVD players to, like... To going to what? space. It's the natural progression. <laughs> and Hobbs and Shaw being superheroes. Exactly. The natural progression. So that's our Fast X news pieces. Gal Gadot's returning as Giselle. Um, and we have uh, February 10th is the first trailer. Yay or nay on that news? I give it a hard yay. The The first poster for it is already going so hard. I can't wait. Similarly with uh, Fast and the Furious members, we do have Dwayne Johnson news. With um, he, we got we got a picture of him and J.K. Simmons in Red One, a new Santa Claus film where J.K. Simmons is playing Santa Claus. I'm I'm down for him playing Santa. I'm down for Dwayne and Chris Evans to team up. But when I saw the title as Red One, I feared that this was like a Red Notice prequel of some kind. Have you seen the the poster or the picture I'm referring to? Uh, Yes, I have, and I love it. What is with, like, the Kurt Russell, David Harbour, like, the Mel Gibson kind of Santa Claus now? Have you never seen Santa before? He is a badass. <laughs> the all-leather outfit? That's crazy. Um, and, like, the little stocking beanie instead of his traditional hat? That's fun. It looks very, it looks fun. I like seeing J.K. Simmons in almost anything. Dwayne Johnson, I can take your leave, but whatever. Again, non-specific movie news. Steven Spielberg is cool, right? Yeah, he's fine. John Williams is cool, right? Yeah, I guess. We recently recovered on the podcast that he was going to be retiring, which is a very sad thing, correct? Indeed. However, John Williams now says that he wants to keep uh, scoring Steven Spielberg's movies even after previously announcing his retirement. So he'll, for Spielberg, he'll keep scoring things. I'm Not fine. anyone else. I'm fine with this. I am too. As long as Spielberg's doing it, why can't John Williams? Sounds good. Yay. Yay. Our last non-specific movie news. <laughs> and it has to do with Avatar, The Way of Water. Oh, A movie great. that is already out. It has been, yes. So, 
it has now become the fourth highest grossing movie of all time, passing The Force Awakens. I, again, <laughs> I, I haven't said it on the podcast yet, but I would love to know how high it would actually go if 95% of the showings like weren't in 3D and if it didn't get a release in China like all the other major blockbusters haven't been for the past like several years. I would be very curious to see how much it actually would make. Or if this came out like two years after the first one where it's not like, we have to see what happens next kind of idea. Uh-huh. Cause it, because the 10 plus year wait uh, makes it so more people got excited. Like, well, it's got to wait so long. We have to see why it waits so long, you know? Mm. But if that wasn't part of the effect, I wonder if it would do worse. I don't think it's worth $2 billion plus no. personally. We'll, we'll get into this when we get into the Oscar stuff. Uh, but long story short, I hate it. Josh uh, hates cinema, apparently. Yes, uh, cinema, I hate it. I wish I never went to film school. I hate movies. Um, my wall of movies can burn. Uh, yes, I hate them. Someone please clip that out of context and make that our new theme song. Please do. <laughs> oh, that is the end of our non-specific movie news segment, Josh. Wasn't it wonderful? Uh, the most wonderful. Now let's get into musical movie news. Musicals? that Where they do the singing and the dancing? So... Believe it or not, we actually have four news pieces about musical movies. I think I know what one of them is. So, Wicked is a movie. That it, coming it out. is. It's going to be two. Wicked, Wicked is a movie based on a Broadway musical, based on a book, based on a movie, based on a book. There are five based-ons in this. Look, and again, it's the natural cycle. I don't think you know what that word means, Josh. Uh, look, words, you just put letters together and noises happen, and it's just like, you know what? That makes sense. <laughs> so have you seen Wicked on stage? I did back in 2014. I saw it in Richmond, actually. Uh, I saw it in New York. Oh, well, <laughs> I'm sure I went to New York. Hey. <laughs> the best part about movie adaptations of musicals is it makes it available for a widespread audience, because theater is very gatekeepy and very privilege in general honestly um it's very expensive it's very expensive i happen to my i happen to get a free ticket pretty much because of something that happens and that was wonderful but that's not how everyone works but we're still getting a movie version a two-part movie version which is nonsense i'm so curious what they're adding to it to justify being two parts but the first news piece about this is we have michelle yo of now everything ever all once fame um and of course, many, many other things that she does amazing. But she is now playing um, Madame Morble, uh, Morable in John M. Chu's Wicked Movies, which, if you're not aware, is the headmistress kind of character who is in charge of oh, okay. the academy. Um, and she's the one who does a lot of singing. Does a lot of singing? <laughs> you know, she's the one character who sings in Wicked, totally. No, no one else sings. No one. And she, like, makes Alphaba meet with the wizard, all that kind of thing uh, in the show. So I love that casting. I think she's phenomenal and everything. I don't think I've ever heard her sing before, so. I don't think I have either. But I'm down for it. I'm down for this this whole cast. I'm like, all right, let's see where this goes. I'm very curious. Now, speaking of casting for Wicked, we have more. Four Jean, more casting. James Corden? Not yet. <laughs> uh, I definitely think he'll be Dr. Dillamund, though. Like, without a doubt. There, I think he's going to be Kenneth. 
he's he's gonna be cast just because people were like don't cast and they're like well we're gonna cast him even harder now he'll be like dr delamont which is the, the goat man that's just what it's gonna happen but we have um four new casting announcements for Donham two's wicked movies we don't know who they're playing yet but marissa bode bowen yang uh bronwyn james and key alice settle oh and uh colin michael carmichael so five people actually my bad have been cast in John M.T.'s Wicked Movies. And Kiala Settle, you all probably know from Greatest Showman. She also was in Waitress. She was the bearded woman in Greatest oh, Showman. Oh, okay. And this is a, a great cast. I am super excited. I don't know all these actors specifically, but like everything I've heard about this is good news. Bowen Yang, I just saw recently in Bros. He was he's, in that. Every clip I've seen of him from Saturday Night Live, he's very funny, so I'm excited to see what he's like in the musical. I don't want that he was Eugene Li Yang. Look, in, that, uh... that whole sketch, everyone, <laughs> look, it's no. That that whole sketch was a no. Exactly. But that's that's a mess. But this casting is really fun. I don't know who we're playing yet, but I'm, again, really excited because this is fantastic. So yay? Yay. Yay on uh, Michelle Yeoh as well? Yes. Oh, I meant to ask before. Uh, yay or nay on After a Way of Water getting fourth Hatch Grace movie of all time? <laughs> I know there's people that'll say yay. I say nay just to make them mad. That's your reasoning? Look, it's a very it is a technical achievement and any movie making that amount of money is amazing. But again, the circumstances were definitely twisted to allow it to get to that point. I will also say that if you're new to podcast, our yays and nays actually mean nothing. Um and we can change them on a dime. Exactly. And we also can say, I often have nayed his yays just to make him upset. So yep. it's whatever. We also have Mean Girl musical movie news, which is a very funny sentence to me because Mean Girls, if you're not aware, is a Broadway musical based on the movie Mean Girls. And now we're getting a movie of the musical based on the movie. So now I'm just curious, like, well, I, obviously they'll be adapting the musical, but like, will they be taking any elements from the movie? And would you consider it a remake of the movie at that point? It is not a remake of the movie, no. I think it will be mostly an adaptation of the show. It's written and produced by Tina Fey. Angry Rice, who we have seen in Spider-Man, you know, No Way Home, Far From Home, All the Homes, Patrick Mahomes, um, we have seen her as Betty Brandt, and she is now playing um, Candy in this. Well, I don't, I've never seen Mean Girls, so I'm not the best person for this. We're also getting Ali Cribalho, who is in Moana as Moana, and she's in the show Rise as lead girl. I've seen that season. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, it had, it had Ted Mosby in it, Josh Radner. I, I, I know what you're talking about. I never watched it, but I remember the, the trailers for it. It was better than Glee, but... Actually, I will stand by Glee is funnier, and I had to enjoy myself more. Okay, but is Glee funnier on purpose? I, they know they're doing, so yes. That's true. <laughs> um, but Ali Gravalo is in this as well, as well as um, Jaquel Spivey and Renee Rapp, who stars Regina Ro- George on the Broadway musical. They're returning back again. Rice will be playing Candy, originally, originally played by Lindsay Lohan. Actually, that's what I started to find out. Um, Rapp will be reprising her role as Regina. Uh, Ali Gravalo will be playing Janice and Spivey will be Damien um, originally played by Lindsay Kaplan uh, Lizzie Kaplan and Daniel Franzese respectfully oh no and uh, Angori's character's name uh, it's Katie this is, a, this is a running joke of it it's not Caddy it's Katie don't ask me ah. why just watch, just watch the movie 
No, I misread it as candy completely, so that's a point <laughs> my bad. I've not seen the movie. I thought it said candy because I'm hungry. Well, then, you know what? watch the movie. It's good. Nicholas Cage, Josh. Mm, cagey boy. Also, yay or nay on the Mean Girls extra cast members now. I give yay. I give nay because it's going to Paramount Plus. The fuck it is? What? Yeah, that's what it's original. It's going to be a Paramount Plus original. Those fucking morons. <laughs> Josh hates uh, streaming movies when it should be in theaters. This is an obvious easy one to put in theaters and make money. Why would they be this stupid? So Nicolas Cage wants to be in a musical. He says, I haven't done a musical yet. I think I'd make a good uh, Pontius P- uh, Pilate. I don't know how to pronounce Pontius name. Pilate. Thank you. I'm always bad at pronouncing. I don't know why I always mess it up. In Jesus Christ Superstar. And I love that's the you know what he chooses. <laughs> I would not be opposed to that. But also, why that role? Why that show? Look, he's Nicolas Cage. He can do what he wants. He, d- he can do no wrong. Make him the wizard in A Wicked. <laughs> oh, look, uh, if any musical he's in, I will pay to see. Actually, you know, he should be Dr. Dillamon, the goat man in Wicked. I would love that. Yeah, but so then James Corden would be the wizard. Do you want James Corden to be the wizard? I want James Corden as Elphaba. That'd be really funny. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to see the carpool karaoke. Um, no, not carpool karaoke. Sidewalk the musical of of him doing Wicked. <laughs> Just, just gyrating oh on the car as Elphaba. So, for those who don't know, I am now in Los Angeles. If I see James Corden blocking my damn car <laughs> while I'm trying to drive, <laughs> I the traffic here is so bad. Why are you stopping traffic here even longer? It's because, have you never wanted to perform a musical on the sidewalk? No, because I'm not an idiot. Not he's an idiot, again, for legal reasons of making a joke. But seriously... What is happening? Because why not? We have awards, Josh. We have a whole awards section. I colored it purple on my notes. Because <laughs> awards are purple. So yay to Nick Cage wanting to do a musical? Yay for Nick Cage and everything. I am very excited for Renfield. Oh, me too. I love that Nicholas Holt could be in two Dracula movies. Yeah. Back to back as Nosferatu. <laughs> the timing of that is perfect. So the Golden Globes happened. Oh, yeah. They did. <laughs> This I was it was playing, televised. It, it was. I was playing uh, the Domino's game Mexican Train as my phone was blowing up. And I kept having to stop the game with my family and my girlfriend saying, wait, I must listen to Ki Hoi Kwan's speech because it was beautiful. There, You know, for the train wreck that show could have been, it was actually, like, very good. Not just, like, the awards that were given out, but, like, the show overall. And Jared Carmichael as host, he held nothing back, and it was great. But most people I know didn't know it was happening until it happened. Yeah. And I wish it was, like, advertised a bit more. Look, last year they didn't even televise it at all or really say when it was happening. They were like, by the way, here's who wins. I know. We did. We talked about how we had a whole secret Golden Globes, and Jamie Lee Curtis was, like, one of the only people. It was, like, her and Arnold Schwarzenegger or something. Yeah. As the only guests. Which, which is like, so funny them? to me. Because, <laughs> you know, they're best buds. <laughs> I mean, they did, I guess, they did True Lies together, but still. We also got the Oscars, but before I talk about the Oscars, I want to break down some stuff from the Game Awards quickly, because that's quick and easy. Uh, the Game Awards happened, and that happens every year. Multiverses won Best Fighting Game at the Game Awards, which I think is pretty cool, looks really fun. 
Elden Ring won Game of the Year, which is not surprising, and Josh is still not beating it yet. I'm I'm still salty on it. <laughs> not not just the game, but the, it winning Game of the Year. Really? I look. I do not think it's a bad game. Do not mistake in my words. Um, do not mistake it. Yes. Um, but to for me personally, uh, and this is my personal taste and preference but when it comes to a game like that where a story is there but it's not really present and you have to either make one yourself or find one yourself it's a bit it doesn't hook me enough for i i can't really word this correctly but like god of war ragnarok um was my game of the year and the one that i think not deserves it more but i think that would mean more if it won uh just for because the the story it told and the way it told it was so just perfect in how it did it that and like elden rings it's like it's a good game no denying that but i feel like that you know five or so years down the line people aren't going to remember it for its story or much of other aspects like that and again i could be in my words in five years who knows but again that's just me but also i disagree with josh that i don't think story matters much in games the first you place you are wrong <laughs> <laughs> no i don't i think there's merit to having story in a game but it, i think that gameplay trumps story in every circumstance for me it de- it depends on the game if you're if you're actively telling a story then you have to make sure your story and your characters are strong just like the gameplay and the world that it's in but you know tetris if you put a story to that, I'm confused why you're putting a story to that. Mario, the story doesn't matter. It never has mattered. And, but the gameplay is the thing that mattered. God of War, if the story, characters, and gameplay didn't work correctly, then the game would fail. See, I disagree because, like, I think, like, things like Breath of the Wild, there's a story there, but you have to go, like, go and find it. Like, you would hate, but I think it's one of the best games of all the time because I think the gameplay is phenomenal. The world's incredible. And as well as you also can go get the great story if you want to find it. I feel like that. Personally, I think that the story should be, it should be clear what is going on, but it's like, oh, there is a story, but you gotta go find it, by the way. I've never been a fan of that. I've never well, really cared Josh, that. Well, Josh, you're just a donkey's asshat, then. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. <laughs> God of War Ragnarok does have news, though, with the Game Awards. It did win things. It won Best Narrative. Are you happy? I am happy with that. There you go. You get your fucking story. <laughs> and I, I like that you say, like, story and games don't really matter, and yet you've been, like, losing it at the Last of Us show, and I know that when the God of War show comes out, you'll also be losing it at that, too. Yeah, because it's a show. I want a good story for a show. If the I don't story care about... wasn't good in the game, then they wouldn't have had a good show. Nope. Yes, but you're missing my point. When I'm playing a game, I don't play for story literally ever. Ever for a game. I only play a game to have an experience. But the story is the experience. I play a game to play. If I'm stopping to hear cut, to have cutscenes or to have emotional moments for characters, I get bored in the game. I want, I want to actually do the action and play the game. I, I play games to experience the story as the characters of what is happening. Um, and that's kind of the fun of video games. They're something for everyone. If you want to play Animal Crossing and Samus 4 and that's it, have fun. You're a gamer. Like everyone just plays games differently, and that's wonderful. Yes, don't mis- don't mistake in my words that not you, Sean, but the the listeners that all all games are games, and whatever you play, you're a gamer. <laughs> all games are games. We all have our personal preferences as to the games that we like and the games that we enjoy. I prefer story driven games that have good gameplay. That's my preference. This is not in the right section, but Death Stranding Two is announced. Yay. More weird Kojima shit. 
but we have a new look at Star Wars Jedi Survivor, which it releases March 17th. Now it's it looks April like so much fun. On my birthday. That's right. It moved. It did the move. But we, um, I'm, I'm very excited for it. I loved um, Jedi Fallen Order, except for getting stuck on the final boss for two hours. That was very annoying. We also have uh, Kevin Conway's last Batman performance ever is going to be happening with um, the Suicide Squad kill the Justice League. He'll be playing Batman one last time in that game. I'm I'm very excited and very saddened by that. But I really hope they don't pull an Avengers game and make it like the there's the loot boxes and all that shit. I really hope that they don't do that because it seems like they might. I'm like, you're gonna taint it. You're gonna you're gonna ruin it. Don't do that. You guys can't see Josh right now, but he like got all like Gollum just now in his pose don't, trying to stop doing. Don't take the game. <laughs> oh, your poor ears, everyone. I'm sorry. So we have Oscar nominees. I went back to those now because the award section also had game stuff in it. I don't know why I miss I miscategorized some stuff, but Oscar nominees happened. I have now seen. This will be the first year ever I will have seen every Oscar Best Picture nominee before the Oscars. Woo! Um, I have only part of one movie left in the category. I, I am I already started All Quiet on the Western Front. Like last night, I watched Triangle of Sadness. The cat, I, the Fableman is great. Everything overall, all at once is great. Um, it's a great. Overall, great uh, lineup of movies, but some of these things are not like the others. <laughs> I would have put Babylon in over um, Elvis, Elvis, yep, <laughs> or Way of Water, honestly. But I get it. Way of Water is an achievement in film. I understand having it there, but I would have put the menu over that. <laughs> yeah, Babylon is Babylon is going to be one of those films that you know is going to be studied you know for years and years over everything that I did not just from a storytelling perspective and character perspective but from a technical perspective as well and people are just going to be like and why was this not nominated for Oscars and stuff it's like not even Margot Robbie got one and it's her best performance I was shocked that she didn't get a nomination I love that Spike Jones is the director of her is literally in one scene, like in a few scenes, as a German director with a bald head. I just found that out today, and it's my favorite <laughs> thing from this movie now. Like I would have put like the Woman King in that category instead of Way of Water. It's I would have put Pinocchio, Guild towards Pinocchio, in actual Best Picture category. El- it's insane what gets skipped over. It's. But if you look at, like, statements from, like, Oscar voters, like, over the years, they'll constantly be like, oh, yeah, I just, like, heard a lot about this, so that's, and I watch, like, a little bit of it, I'll, I'll vote for that one. Or it's just like, oh, yeah, Disney, I'll, my kids love it, I'll, I'll vote for that one. Obviously, there's a lot of voters that actually watch everything that they're supposed to be watching, but then you have a lot that are also like, eh, whatever. Like, the Northman subs uh, snub surprised me. Yeah, like, at least, like, technical, like, production, um, design, costume, sound, cinematography. It's weird that it wasn't nominated. And personally, I think The Batman was one of the best films of the year, genuinely. And it should have been on the list, too. It's it's another Logan situation. It came out too early in the year, and they're like, oh, oh well. It's also, it's Batman, it's comic book, he can't be a Best Picture nominee. But Joker. <laughs> right. Also, the Batman should have gotten a cinematography nomination. That pisses me off. Because Greg Fraser did a fantastic job. Did it, it got score right at least? No. God damn it! <laughs> Josh has gone crazy today. The the Oscars yeah. 
they frustrate me so much, but then they get some nominations right that it's just like, okay, I'll allow it, but I'm still so mad. Far, I've seen the Batman five times so far. Three times in theaters. I saw either three or four times in theaters. I don't remember. Like, Top Gun Maverick being in the Best Picture category is nonsense to me. I stand by that one. It's not Best Picture worthy over, like, The Northman and The Woman King. I say over The Northman, you can make a good case for Woman King. The Banshees of Anna Sharon was interesting. I love Banshees. That was very good. Uh, feck. <laughs> <laughs> it's, if My, you haven't seen it yet, um, and you watch it at home, you're gonna want to put subtitles on, unless you're Irish. <laughs> also, be mindful what you're getting into a little bit. I wasn't prepared to see fingers cut off. Like, that's a thing you should go know going into this movie. There are some interestingly graphic things in this movie that are like, oh, you went there. Good to know. Yeah, there's um, one thing to, that you should know about Martin McDonough is that, yes, he does do comedies, but they are dark comedies and, like, actually dark comedies. Like, he tackles a lot of heavy shit and is and never strays or, like, half-asses the darkness. I love that we have um, Colin Farrell for Best Lead Actor there, Brendan Gleeson and Barry Keoghan for uh, Best Supporting Actor. Barry was phenomenal. Brendan was phenomenal. It was very funny watching... Colin Farrell, keep pushing those boundaries. Like, what are you doing, man? What an idiot. His He has so many amazing line deliveries. Um, and I was watching a video of someone talking about the movie, and they were like, we should put Colin, like, just let him use his normal Irish accent a lot more. Because, like, it's so much fun. It, he gets so many great line deliveries just from his accent alone. Tar was a very interesting movie. I remember watching it. I was in theaters watching it. I was just like, this is really good. A lot of the, the cinematography, like, people were just like, should it? I'm like, yes. It has some it, really good cinematography. A lot of amazing long takes as well. It's too long to me, but that's fine. I There are some parts where I'm like, you can, like, trim this down. I don't think there's anything you can necessarily cut. At first, I was like, where's where's this going? How What's, what's like, the point of it? Then the last scene happens, I'm like, oh, I get it. I don't think Kate Blanchett's going to win the Oscar, but if she does, it's a very well-deserved performance. Women Talking was worth watching, though, for sure. Yeah, my, my theater I work at um, has it, so I'll be seeing it at some point soon. We're moving on from the Oscars now. Any final thoughts? Oh, wait, I want, uh, for Best Supporting Actor, I want Ki Hui Kwan to win. Yes, if he if he doesn't win, I then I would want Brian Tyree Henry that's my that's my second pick. So Josh, it's trailer time. Trailers, they oh yeah, they they happen. Trailer time. I have a trailer for a truck that pulls the wheat. That's my trailer theme. I would again, we would like someone to take that and turn it into a theme song. <laughs> Do not change any of the lyrics. No, just take my exact audio and remix it. That's a good plan. So the first show I want to discuss is the show. Shrinking, starring Marshall Erickson himself, Jason Siegel. This is so fun. I love the idea of a therapist being unethical for positivity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, the it's the first three episodes of it are out now. Um, it's a delight. Uh, it's from uh, from one of the co-creators of Ted Lasso. Jason also created it, along with uh, Brett Goldstein, um, who plays Roy Kent in Ted Lasso. He also wrote a lot of Ted Lasso. He's yeah. a writer's. Um, but it's a it's a very good show. Um, Jason Siegel is of course great in it. I love the premise of it. Harrison Ford is also a delight. It's it's rare that I've seen him in, in like a pure comedy role, um, and he's just a lot of fun in it. It's Harrison Ford's only second show ever. That's wow, right? Oh yeah, because 
because the first one was the the Yellowstone prequel, nineteen twenty three or whatever that is. That being said, oh Josh, yay or nay on overall the Oscar nominations? I give an indifferent yay. I'm giving a nay. Want to know why? Sure. Because I have to hear that goddamn Elvis voice still. I'm just like, sure, dude. Yeah, it's because it's fading away naturally now. Yeah, sure. Which is so weird but, that like he's been stuck. That he's been. I get why he's been doing it for the Oscars, but like he his natural voice is not that at all. He says it. His voice changed to that. Like it's been because he's been stuck in it for like three years straight. However, we also got a trailer for a rom-com starring Allison Brie and Danny Pudi's in this trailer, which is amazing. Yes. Um, Directed by Dave Franco. I will say when I watched this trailer, I watched it for the first time today, my jaw dropped at that moment. And you know what moment I'm talking about. And it's like, what? If you've not seen it yet, the trailer yet, I don't want to spoil that moment for you. Look up the Allison Brie rom-com trailer coming out with um, with uh, 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 who, uh, Iris West from Justice League. What's her name? She's playing one of the main characters too in this. Mm-hmm. Um, and this looks so much fun. I cannot wait to watch this. I, I'm excited because she co-wrote it with um, her husband, Dave Franco, who also directed it. I think this is like his second movie as director. And I think that's cool that, um, you know, they're a real life couple and they wrote a rom-com uh, together. So that'll be fun yeah. to see. But also, and, like, uh, Allison reunites with Danny from Community. That's fun. Yeah, and it's, yeah, her co-star in this rom-com is Jay Ellis, and the movie's called Somebody I Used to Know. I wish it was coming out in theaters, not just on Prime, but whatever. That's so that's so weird with Amazon, because they, you know, back when they were doing movies more consistently, they put them in theaters. But I guess, you know, COVID and everything changed that. We have a, a mix of some Marvel and DC trailers in here, too, letting you know. Like this trailer, we have a, a minute-long teaser for Gotham Knights, oh. a show that is still happening, which we'll get to out later, but... It's fascinating um, with the stuff that DC that we'll be talking about later that this show is still happening. March 14th on the CW, we get Gotham Knights with Joker's daughter, numerous Robins, it seems, a dead Batman who is wearing a business suit in the street with just the cowl on. I want that to be his bat suit. I don't want it to be like, you know, they killed Bruce Wayne to put like a, a bat mask on him. But even like so, uh, like when it, when it's like in the bat cave and like you see the mask horrible. See, the initial premise of Gotham Knights isn't bad because that's what they're doing for the Gotham Knights game. The same base premise of Bruce is gone or missing Which and is... then his, the, the Bat family have to step up. And the game is also not that good. Have you played it? I've been, I've playing some of it, the gameplay of it. Uh, it's so annoying. Do you like the story though? I, I was playing with my brother because it's you can do either single player or multiplayer, um, and you know he talks constantly during gaming, so I don't really know what's happening aside from oh. he's dead. <laughs> I, so I the say game dead in quotes, so who knows if he actually is? The premise of the game seems more interesting, interesting to me than the show does. Though. The premise of the game is more interesting than the show's premise. The show's premise is very clearly like I don't think they've ever read a comic before. Yeah, your name on the Gotham Knights teaser. I'll give it a yay, because it delayed me, but not in the way that I wanted to. It does. The teaser looked fun. I feel like, did they do, like, a quick Wikipedia search on, like, who a, a Joker is? And it's just like, oh, yeah, let's give him a daughter. He seems like the fatherly type. It reminds me of in Cursed Child, Voldemort having a daughter. Bellatrix is strange. Look, we prefer to never speak of that. <laughs> we also got the trailer for Oppenheimer. Uh, Killian Murphy starring in that alongside with 
Chris Nolan's new movie. Um, it's, it's I'm, I'm team cast. I'm team Barbie personally. Um, <laughs> we oh yeah, starring Josh Peck, Robert Downey Jr., and a whole lot of people, and it looks interesting. I like you put Josh Peck before Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> Naturally, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's him, RDJ, Florence Pugh, Emily Blunt, Matt Damon, um, hey, Jack. Hey Wade. Josh. Hey Josh. What shape is a bomb? What spherical? It's spherical. Spherical. <laughs> oh, Drake, Drake and Josh. Drake, where's the bomb? The cinematography is stunning. It's um, it's so weird though seeing a Nolan film not from Warner Brothers because this is the first one after his uh, partnership breakup with with them after Tenet. Breakup. I'm not wrong. <laughs> they had a divorce. It was messy. Who, who was the uh, child in the he, divorce? Killian. He got the kids. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we also got Indiana Jones 5 Dial of Destiny trailer, which looks really fun. I, I'm excited. I, at first I was worried uh, just because, like, we were really going to do this. But then James Mangold got announced as director. I'm like, all right, let's just see what you got. And we got Gimli back in it. was saying he misses the sand, the desert. It's so funny because every time I went to see the Lord of the Rings extended trilogy because they showed it at the Alamo uh, week by week, um, they always play that trailer. I'm like, it's Gimli. <laughs> it's so funny to me seeing him in those two roles that are so staggeringly different. Uh-huh. But it looks fun. It looks like a very fun movie. And I love how I'm excited because of how excited Harrison Ford is. Yeah, of, of course, is, you know, they offered him a lot of money, but he genuinely loves this character. It takes a lot to get him hyped hype and happy about something and so i'm hype and happy about it yay then we have the guardians 3 trailer which i give nake i'm gonna cry yeah we have rocket raccoon who's probably gonna die because so far the logos have been the color of the person who dies oh shit <laughs> that's a fun thing to think of uh-huh I'll give yay because this will actually be like an, an ending for a, a small section of the MCU in a certain in a certain way. It is Dave's last time playing Drax. It is. I think it's going to be most Chris. of their last time playing these characters. There'll probably be like a few that will stay on. But I think like I think like Star-Lord, Gamora, I think like all the core ones. I think this will be their last time. I think Zoe Saldana will stay longer because of the whole this is a new version of her kind of thing. I I can understand that thinking, but she's also been like I've been playing doing major blockbusters for a decade, and like you can tell, like she kind of wants to do you know smaller things again. I mean, if it's like you know her and Nebula like in their adventures together, sure, I'll I'll be fine exploring that. Stepsister battles across the galaxy. That's all we need. I did love the blood shot. Like that 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 was such a hard shot to get. Yeah. If any. If there's any director in the MCU that has constantly been proving, like, just, like, how great of a director he is, like, visually, it's James Gunn. So I'm very excited to see what he does with this. I don't always love his style, but he does have style, and I appreciate that. Yes. But we also got an Ant-Man and the Wasp trailer where we see Jonathan Majors who's going to kill Scott Lang. Not Kang. Jonathan Majors, the actor, is going to murder the character of Scott Lang. Punch him right in the face. I'm so curious how this film is going to turn out, because obviously, you know, Kang Dynasty is the title of the next Avengers movie, so he's obviously gonna get away. So then it just leaves me wondering, like, is he gonna kill Ant-Man um, or who's going to die? Because I feel like someone's going to die. Josh, I think you forgot something that you said. He, King's obviously gonna get away. He might not. It's a whole about. He's all about variants. We're getting like ten versions of him Loki season two. 
That's hmm. that's true. I don't. Well, I also don't know much about it. But hmm. I feel like with the from what I can gather from the trailers about this, it would seem weird to for this to not be the Kang going forward. I think we're gonna have multiple Kangs going forward. I don't know. We'll see. I, again, I don't. I don't know movies. I hate movies. Movies can burn. What's a movie? Uh, yeah. So I am excited overall for this Ant Man movie. Um, people, it looks better than the last show or the first teaser we got for sure. The actual full trailer looks good, and I'm really, really enjoying just seeing the quantum realm more than just like the weird green screen. Look, look, guys, look! It looks like fucking Shark or Lava Girl. No, it doesn't. I also hated when people were like that. I'm like, you're seeing an image that's supposed to be moving and not in motion. Like, it's not going to look right. Yeah. That being said, the one Shark on Lava Girl comparison I get behind, which is a good thing, is Modoc. Modoc should look like Mr. Electric. Modoc should not look good. And I'm saying this in a positive way. He is a giant head in a, with tiny arms and legs and a big chair. You can't make that look cool. I do wish they squunched up his face a little more, though. Like, his nose should be a little squunched up more. His, face, his proportions should be a little more wrong. Do you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, yeah. But because they want to... But they still want to keep Darren across his face. I just so. he goes from being, like, you know, this boss of, like, you know, uh, of a corporation to being uh, the Yellow Jacket to now Modoc. Like, also, I guess... Sure. If you didn't notice in the trailer, spoilers, because Darren Cross is now a little squunched up boy. In a, in a big chair. In a big chair, and he, he has a fun little mask. He floats along. Modoc is a bad boy. I'm. Vi- it's so weird. Like my like the Modocs I know, at least that I've seen recently. I go from the Avengers game, which how they did it was the fine. Modocs I know. The Modocs I know. The the Avengers game I thought was interesting, but uh, like from the character perspective, the Modoc show. That was fascinating. Um, That's not an accurate show, Josh. I'm aware it's not accurate. I'm not saying it is. Patton Oswalt's Modoc is certainly something. <laughs> the whole show is so... Uh, so, do you know what Modoc stands for? Uh, they've said it in the show, but it's a lot of words. I will accept a few different versions. If you can t- take a guess, that's more fun. Motorized, omniscient, daddy on kilts. I thought you were going to say crack with a K. Um, I love that you said daddy in the middle of this. Um, it's either mental, mobile, or mechanized, because comics eventually change acronyms, like how S.H.I.E.L.D. changes slightly. But a mechanized organism designed only for killing. But daddy on kilts is funnier. So now, from now on, I want to have a t-shirt that says Modoc and says daddy on kilts. Good. Geek speak. Daddy's on kilts. That's our new slogan. Sure. <laughs> Why not? But good trailer, good time. First look at Modoc is interesting. Big floaty head. We also got a Bong Joon Ho movie teaser for his Mickey Seventeen movie with Robert with Robert Pattinson. Rob Bat Bat Bad in a weird glowy tube, shirtless and naked looking. So that's so yay. <laughs> it's, it's the epitome of a teaser. It's just like, hey, this movie is happening. That's it. <laughs> but yay, and yay in the Ant Man trailer so far. We have a teaser, because competing with Oppenheimer, we have Barbie. We got a 2001 Space Odyssey-style trailer for Barbie, and it was incredible. If you have any doubts about Barbie, I don't know why you would have doubts about it. It's directed by Greg Gerwig, who co-wrote it with Noah Baumbach, her husband, which is, I love that, uh, starring Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling. It's a delight. 
I will be doing a marathon of Barbie and Oppenheimer because that's the only thing you can do on those days. I'm gonna purposefully only watch Barbie opening day as a as a taking a stance, <laughs> my team. Um, but, but if you see that and not Nolan, you're supporting Warner Brothers, then you're supporting you know the bad parent in the in the divorce. I uh, know I'm supporting Margot Robbie. <laughs> I'm supporting Greta Gerwig. We also get a Shazam Two: Fury of the Gods trailer. Shazam um, was a bit. That was came out the other day, and it's a bit more than we got before. I prefer the first trailer. I'm not hyped by either trailer, but I know it will be fun. I I think the first trailer kind of got the tone more. I didn't care for the second one more so because it did spoil it more than I wanted to. Just like what the story is about. Um, yeah. But again, I'm still excited for it. I love the first ones, and I think this one's going to be a lot of fun as well. We ha- we had to see captured children in this one. <laughs> Child prisoners. That's the goal, Josh. <laughs> what goal? <laughs> Yeah, you've seen Thor Love and Thunder. Remember, there are child soldiers and child prisoners. That's what movies are aiming toward now, right? We must we must make the children the soldiers. For what purpose? I don't know, but it must occur. And again, someone sound clip this. Please don't for legal reasons, but also <laughs> child soldiers. Moving on, Bo is afraid. The new Joaquin Phoenix Ari Aster film trailer. Which is apparently like three and a half hours. It looks so good. I've it's, look. I've said. I've probably said before on this podcast. I'm not a fan of experimental films, and I'm not saying that this looks bad. I'm saying it doesn't look like it's for me. It doesn't even look experimental to me. It looks like closer to like Benjamin Button kind of style than anything else. Like in terms of, but it's gonna have weird. Like I got Secret Life of Walter Mitty vibes. Mm. Uh, it looks so much fun. I I've seen. Um, Hereditary and Midsummer. This is this is probably hit, like his most experimental thing. Or who knows? I could be completely wrong. But I know it's going to be weird when A twenty four makes this a wide release and it makes like five million dollars. I will make you watch this movie, Josh. I'm not saying I'm not going to watch it. I'm just saying that I'm probably not going to enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, the last trailer on our um, trailer time trailer. I got a truck. It's pulling the wheat. Um, do it, do it. Is Wait, wait. Is the trailer for 65, which if you do not know what the movie's about, do not watch the trailer. I would, re- I would recommend you not know anything about this movie. I agree. Can. Because the reveal is way more fun if you don't know. So, also, I didn't say this earlier, there are timestamps down below. You can skip ahead if you don't want to hear certain segments. So, spoilers, for, I guess, for this trailer, but what a brilliant idea. It's, it's from the... The people that made this, they they wrote A Quiet Place, and this is their first movie as write as both writing and directing. And this is it's I don't know how this is going to play out, but I love this concept. And I will say it is not written by John Krasinski, who also has writing credits for A Quiet Place because he rewrote a lot of it for when he directed it. It's written by the original writers before Correct. Krasinski. Yes, came. this looks like so much fun, and it spoilers to this trailer if the survivors are like we're adam and eve <laughs> like something like that <laughs> i i i'm gonna reiterate what um nick mason said on the weekly planet adam driver better be like screw these dinosaurs use some like ray gun bring down like meteorites to wipe them out oh god well he did hit a meteorite on the way and like and meteorites it, are raining but i don't know if that's like the extinction you know for the event for the dinosaurs i would love it if it was if he hit it out of the way <laughs> 
I'm just I'm curious if it's going to be revealed if like you know they're aliens or they if or if he like traveled back in time and he doesn't know that he's like on Earth immediately. I like the idea that he is from the past, but he's an alien, like an advanced. It looks really interesting. The idea of I'm stumbling across 65 million years ago dinosaurs and there are aliens is a cool idea. Um, he's got a fun ray gun. He does. It should bring down meteors. You're right. Josh, we have finished. Trailer time. I got a trailer with a truck on the back of it and I'm, I'm carrying my wheat. Toot toot. So, TV news. Television. I know. Ugh. Let's start with something really, really fast, positive stuff. Some renewals, but not, but renewals, but don't be sad, Yules. <laughs> That's a phrase, I guess. Okay, hold on. No, I can do. I can do better. I can do better. Renewal. I'm barely ooler. <laughs> All right. Um, renewal time. Better renew it. <laughs> the show Ghosts, the American version, is getting renewed. I've not seen it. My dad said it's fluff, and I'm like, Dad, you call everything fluff that you watch on TV now. Stop it. Enjoy this good art. Apparently, it's a very fun comedy, and, and sitcom people love sitcoms, so I've seen a little bit here and there. It does look a little below what I usually be interested in, um, like not up to my par of incredible cinema, because clearly, I love cinema, you hate cinema. Yes. But it does look fun, and I'm glad it's being renewed, because that means people are still working, not unemployed. That's always a positive in this industry. Indeed. That's EA for me. Another renewal is one that you will love, and that's Abbott Elementary renewed for season three. Woo! It also did well at the Golden Globes, I think, as well. Yes, I um, I think it won Best Comedy, Best Supporting Actor, and I think Best Actress. Those are the ones I remember. It could have won more than that. And for some fun little Marvel-y uh, TV news, Katie Dickey which is a fun name, was cast as the Loki Season 2 villain. Even though also we have been confirmed, we're going to have multiple variants of Kang in Loki Season 2 as well. So Jonathan Majors is going to be employed for a while. Jonathan Majors, this year for him, he, there were three, I watched three trailers back-to-back with him in it. Yeah, he That is, was cool. He is doing well for himself. You still need to watch Lovecraft Country. Correct. But he was Devotion, Creed 3, and uh, Ant-Man and Quantumania all had trailers in the same theater one sitting. I'm like, wait, what? John's Majors, you're <laughs> he's, everywhere. He's everywhere. Um, but Katie Dickey, I've not seen her in really anything, to my knowledge. So I am excited to see what he does. She was in The Vavitch. She's in The Northman as Haldora the Pict, which I have not. I, I've seen it. I don't know who that was. <laughs> she was in The Green Knight. She does look familiar. Uh, okay. Yeah, she, I, so I've seen her in just the Northman. But yay, actors getting jobs. You go, actors. Acting. Actor. I have no idea who should be playing, though. I'm very curious. I want to. I thought we'd have more Renslayer. I think we're going to have more Renslayer again, Judge Renslayer. I think we're going to have more Morbius, because Morbius, not Morbius. Morbius? <laughs> Morbius! No, Morbius in Loki Season 2. I prefer for that to not occur. But Josh, it's Morbin. It's Logan time. Please stop. Oh God! On to villainous news, TV wise. Dahmer has over one billion hours viewed. People, why? People, what's what's wrong with you? Dahmer. Like I can tell it started, you know, as like you know, 
the people that typically watch shows like that, they started it, and then people like kept you know talking about it. People kept also talking, "Why are you watching this?" People were like, "Well, now I have to watch it now." People kept calling him hot. People, please stop being stupid. Evan Peters should have been cast as Dahmer in the first place because people keep casting conventionally hot actors as like serial killer roles, which makes the killers seem more attractive attractive to the public, which is a bad thing. It's good for marketing your show. It's really bad for the actual view of the content. It was very weird when that Ted Bundy movie came out and Zac Efron. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and people come along hot again. Didn't like that whole thing. Also, the victims' families have tell people to just not watch this, please. And I never had one billion, any interest to watch it. Neither did I. One billion hours of you, Josh. I get that an A. I give it a hard name. Like it's just. <sighs> So your favorite show of all time, Doctor Who, has started filming. I love the Who man. He he who's the a who lot. Um, he's also a doctor, and he's he's very intelligent. Um, we have Chuti Gatwa as the new Doctor. We have Millie Gibson as the companion. Not to be confused with Mel Gibson, different person. Um, although if Mel Gibson was the Doctor's companion, I would watch that season. <laughs> It'd be a fascinating season. I, I do hate Mel Gibson, but oh my god. It'd be a fascinating choice to get a, a non-British person to be in Doctor Who as a lead. Well, also just a grown-ass man as the Doctor's companion. But Chutikawa's outfit looks so much fun. It's got like it's got a very like chocolatey kind of palette to it. It's like it reminds you of like Christmas with like the or nectarines, the oranges, clementines with like oh, chocolate yeah. and because uh, a very bright orange. It's also a crop top he's wearing. Hmm. He's the first Doctor to wear a crop top. Congrats. Um, and he's got like a fun little plaid, brown plaid uh, kind of fleecy design on his pants and jacket. It's a unique look, and the Doctor's known for having unique looks. So, fun. Next up on the news, we have Star Wars TV show news, Josh. Crazy. Bad Batch Season 2 came out, but we don't watch that. I yet. haven't watched it yet. Yep. Other Star Wars TV news. I'll give that a yay because people love Star Wars and they get happy with Bad Batch, I guess, because people love the cartoons, like, like broadly. The second it's live action, they get mad. Nah, I've seen people get mad at the cartoons as well. It's not as common as a thing, though. That's true. Uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead was cast uh, as Hera in the Ahsoka series. And again, I've not watched Bad Batch or Clone Wars, so I have no stake in this. I have no stake in it, but then when that first trailer for Ahsoka comes out, I'm like, all right, fine, I'll watch The Clone Wars. You you, you win. But also, Mary Elizabeth Winstead is incredible, especially in Swiss Army Man, where she's a picture, and that's pretty much it. Hilarious role. But she's amazing in things like Scott Pilgrim. She's also Royal Pain at, on Gwen, Gwen Grayson in Sky High, who is phenomenal. You uh, need to watch 10 Cloverfield Lane. I plan on it. But that was, that's a good casting, no matter what, because she's great. Well, we're getting an after the last Airbender show in 2025. Um, so that's fun. Reportedly going to focus on an Earth avatar. It means we're going to have an actual modern-day avatar. That's so weird to think about. <laughs> it, it's, it was weird for me to get used to Korra's um, time period, but now that this one's said modern-day, I'm like, that's going to be even weirder. The Avatar world progresses in a kind of real time, which is really weird for fantasy. Like, if you watch Lord of the Rings or read Lord of the Rings books, time has not really changed much in hundreds of years in terms of technology or thousands of years. So 
it's really we're not really used to seeing a fantasy world that has technology progressed, especially in normal time. Mm-hmm. I would rather them go back and see more of the history of that world personally, but that's just me. But I'm still really excited for this. I'm a huge Avatar fan. This is awesome. The yes. sad part, Josh, Korra will be dead. I mean, Bolin, that, Asami. I mean, that is how it goes. If Bolin's dead, I will cry. Nah, Bolin's gonna be the only one to keep alive. Watch them keep alive fucking Mako. <laughs> they'll keep they'll keep him alive, and then he'll just be, like, wandering around. He's just like, does someone have something they want me to do? He's still a fire cop. I love they were just like, uh, I don't really know what to do with him. Let's just make him a cop, I guess. What a what a weird, weird storyline. Hard yay. Hooray. Hooray? I guess I'll give it a yay. Give it a hooray. A hard yay. A hooray. Hoorah. The Last of Us is a show that we have talked about this podcast now numerous times about because uh, Josh plays the games. I am the control group in this podcast. He's watching it as an adaptation. I'm watching it as just mostly a show. Episode 4 comes out this Sunday. Once the whole season is out, we'll be doing part of an episode about that as a whole. Uh, without spoiling anything, I'm loving it. It's like it's only three episodes in, but it's one of my favorite shows. And yes, a lot of that is from my love of the game, but even aside from that, it is just that damn good. Would you want to spend a day with Bill and Frank hanging out? Yes. Why would I not want to spend a day with another version of Ron Swanson? And I mean that in the best way. It is such a good show. And there are some people who are bigoted, like review bombing episode three for reasons I don't want to get into right now, but it is not, it, it is really good. Don't yes. listen to that hate. There are some people that, that for some reason think that The Last of Us is not gay. It's been gay since 2013. Honey, we've been gay. <laughs> uh, also, gay, the sequel's gay. It's all gay. Bella Ramsey is also a queer actor who is gender fluid and uses any pronouns and that's like, like big and, bigots, you're losing. You've never been winning. You've been losing consistently. The people who were mad about this episode are the same people who were mad at Bellarmine not being hot enough to play a 14-year-old, which is also fucking creepy. Yeah. Also, and that's not that's not me saying that she is or isn't hot. I'm not judging the hotness of a 19-year-old right now. I'm saying that's an actual common complaint online that bigoted, toxic men had of, she's not hot enough to play Ellie, who's a 14-year-old character. Why do you think a 14-year-old's hot? I saw someone say that Elliot Page should still play Ellie. I'm like, well, there's a couple... Why would a 30-year-old man play a part? Yeah, like, there's a couple of factors that would go into that not happening. (laughs) Also, that part, like, caused actual trauma and pain for... Because Elliot did not play Ellie in The Last of Us, but Ellie looked so much like a younger Elliot. Yeah, that was... I I remember um, when that whole thing happened, because I never played the games. I was just like... Oh, yeah, I guess I could see that. Well, Elliot Page was in another game at the time, and people, I wasn't getting enough PR, and people assumed that Ellie was playing Ellie, which is not correct. Um, and it's just, that really hurt him. So, how about don't suggest that? Also, it's like a 35 year old man. Why would that, that's not playing a 14 year old girl? Wouldn't make sense. Last of Us is amazing, though. Indeed. I have other Last of Us kind of adjacent news, Josh. I think you might find it interesting. Well, what be it? Neil Druckmann said that Sam Raimi's The Last of Us, which almost happened about 10 years ago after the game came out, they were like, let's make, let's make a movie out of this. So Sam Raimi wanted to make a Last of Us film. And apparently the exec, execs uh, at the company kept asking for him to be sexier and bigger. 
Like, well, Raimi went... Yeah, Raimi wanted to be a Kendo country for all the old men, and they wanted a World War Z. I'm very happy that Sam Raimi, like, understood what what the adaptation needed to be. And, like, it honestly, like, I wish that we could have gotten to see that. Because it would have been a different side of Raimi, but also, like, that horror side of him still would have come out. But him tackling a drama like that, I feel like, would have been really cool to see. But it, the story works far better as a show than as a movie. You we could, get make, a you lot could of, make it work, but it wouldn't be the same. We get a lot of time to sit with these moments in the show, which is really good. Yeah. Like, that first half hour, episode one beautiful perfect if you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery think again juvederm volux xc is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime even better this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment no maintenance required improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with juvederm volux xc for important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. I am a little tired, though, of feature-length episodes of TV shows at Stranger Things. But still, this is still fun. It's worth it. Oh. People have also referred to episode three as, like, Look at this, this is a beautiful short film. Guys, it's feature length. <laughs> this is not a short film. Like, feature length is, you know, 50 minutes plus. On to other gaming-related show news. Not gay-related news, gaming-related news. Um, or gay, I don't know. A Tomb Raider TV series is in the works now at Amazon with Phoebe Waller-Bridge set to write it. Cool. I've heard she's a good writer. The clips I've seen of uh, Fleabag are good. I'm... 
I'm a little salty though that the Tomb Raider sequel that was supposed to be from the creator of Lovecraft Country. Alicia Van- yeah, Alicia Vikander and then the creator of Lovecraft Country, she was writing and was supposed to direct it, is not moving forward anymore. I'm salty about that still, but who knows, maybe this will be good. I am excited for it still overall. I have played part of a Tomb Raider game. I own a whole Tomb Raider game I've never touched. <laughs> not once. I've played the the prequel games that have been coming out since 2012, 2013, whenever they started. I really love the story of those, um, which is why I like the 2018 movie, because it um, was following those. But who knows? I don't know what this uh, show will be about. And apparently, it's tying into a game and I think a movie as well. I think. I could be wrong on that. Well, Josh, we also have other revival-based news with Phineas and Ferb coming back for two more seasons. I am so mixed on this. On one hand, I'm very... I'm. Let me explain myself. On the one hand, I'm very happy. Anytime I go back and revisit Phineas and Ferb from beginning to end, it is so good. It is so smartly written. It's fantastic. And then there's a part of me that's just like, but what if it's not as good? Why are we reviving this and not, you know, like, getting some something new instead? Well... That's because what Dan Popmeyer wants to do. Like he's still making his his new shows. He's still doing Hamstring Gretel. He did by Lumberface Law. He's still making new shows. He's like, it's a long summer. It's like a three year long summer. I would like to see just one episode of them like during the school year, just like them in school. I want to see what that's like. Uh, Phineas is actually a loser in school and has no friends. <laughs> Ferb is it's him being Ferb is very talkative in school. It's it's just Phineas being dramatically like beat up and bullied the whole year. And then summer is like, we actually get to shine again. It's, it's just bullies trying to uh, fix his face from being a triangle into a normal shaped face. It's the Fablemans, but instead of cameras, it's engineering. Yes. Oh, God. But um, moving on from there, Justin Roiland news. Oh, boy. Um, if you're not familiar with the show Rick and Morty, which of course you are, um, the actor Justin Roiland, who you might know from Grady Falls as Blendon Blandon. Uh, <laughs> He's also uh, in Adventure Time as some character. He's a voice actor who does the same few voices a lot of our shows. He <laughs> voices Rick and Morty and Lemon Person and I don't know. His Morty voice is like half of his characters that he's done. Yeah, it's like his main voice. Uh, he is a bad person and is fired yeah. from every show. His <laughs> From Rick and Morty, he was fired from that. His show um, that I don't know if he was the sole creator on for Hulu, he was fired from that. Um, his game studio, uh, he was fired from that as well. And so, like, it's, now, it's all well deserved. We're not going to get into the why. It's, that's not really important right now. But good for that happening. I'm saying yay for him being fired. Nay on the news overall because that's shitty that it happened. Yeah. Like it's, uh, Justin Roiland, why? You and Alex Hirsch already had to go redub over uh, in Weird Mageddon, Louis, uh, Louis C.K. He's got to do it again for Blend and Blanded now. And other parts of that. Yeah, I'm curious how the how they'll do that. But yeah, like, but also like Rick and Morty. If people are like worried about like the writing, I don't think he, as from what I've heard, he hasn't been in the writers' room since like season three. So like, that's not going to change. Also. It's not hard to find someone who can do Rick and Morty impressions. Like everyone, everyone can do Rick and Morty impressions. Every frat guy has a Rick and Morty impression in their back pocket. Oh, 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 geez, Rick. My point exactly. I am, I am a <laughs> frat guy he is referring to. Yes, totally. But also, I think it'd be way funnier if they change the voice completely now. Completely change it. I, like Christopher Walken style Rick now. And then don't address it. 
in the show Amazing World of Gumball, um, because they had actual kids playing the kids, whenever their voices would change and they had to get new actors, they would literally write a whole episode about like their voices changing and like it'd be like some insane thing that gets them to sound different. Which I think is very funny. And I hope they do something like that with Rick and Morty. Games to movie news, because it's happened now. We got a D&D poster. It kind of looks like a dice. It's a good composition. They have another poster that looks terrible. It's just floating heads. I the the one the dice looking one like still has all of them, but like it's actually like you know a well composed shot and it looks interesting. It's not just they're here's, all here's the heads of the people in the movie, and they're all looking down like they're looking at a board, and that's cool. Um, I'm excited for the D and D movie. We also have two Mario movie clips released. We got one that's kind of a trailer-ish thing with him, with Mario going with Toad through pipes and coins, and it looks so authentic and fun. I'm, I'm. The more I see this movie, the more I'm excited. I am disappointed though that Seth Rogen's Donkey Kong is just his normal voice. It's not just him making monkey noises. Yeah, that was the other clip we saw, and it's him beating up Mario in his Mario's cat suit, uh, and then talking to Seth Rogen. But also. Don Young's never had a consistent voice, so it's fine. He's never really had a voice. <laughs> he never had a well. He in he has been in numerous shows. On to other movie game news: Death Stranding, a game where Josh wants to be born. It's um, as someone that has played the game. It needs to be long. It needs to be weird. It needs to be boring. And I say that in a positive way. <laughs> According to Deadline, the live-action Death Stranding film introduced new elements and characters within the universe, and the film was being fast-tracked, with Hammerstone Studios that created Barbarian uh, producing the film. I'm, so. I'm curious who's going to direct it. I'd be very curious if Hideo Kojima, who makes the games, if he's going to direct this, because he's a very good director. Um, Kojima's also producing it. Okay. I'm curious if they'll get the cast from the games as well, because, you know, it, Norman Reedus. he looks just like himself, so, like, why not? <laughs> On to other news. This is more tabletop in a movie, but Warhammer. I'll get into why this is happening in our DC news. Henry Cavill is attempting to star in the project of a Warhammer film or show. Amazon is trying to get the rights for a Warhammer uh, 40k project. I, th- I think it's gonna. It's definitely gonna happen. And I'm very curious to see what it'd be like because I don't know a damn thing about Warhammer 40k. I've never played the tabletop games. Never played the video games. I've never done nothing with it. So I'd be curious to see what it's like. If Amazon can't get the rights with the money they have, I'd be surprised. We are on to FNAF news in the games to movie news section. Because um, Fighters Friday's movie is happening with Blumhouse, as we're aware, but we also now have some casting with Josh Hutcherson, Matthew Lillard, um, which is a phenomenal casting choice, first off. That's like absolutely incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're also getting Mary Stuart Masterson and Piper Rubio. Masterson will play a villain, and Rubio will play Abby, Mike's younger sister, and I think Matthew Lillard is playing Mike. Is that correct? Uh, let me. I'm looking it up now. Hold on, I have. Yes, a... Josh Hutcherson is playing Mike, the security guard, um, and Matthew Lillard is yeah the creator of the animatronics. Yeah. Okay. So I haven't seen Matthew Lillard in any, anything really besides Scooby Doo and Scream, which are two interesting roles. Um, and seeing him do something like Scream again would be so much fun. I'm. I remember when this was announced uh, back in, I guess, 2015. I remember like so many rumors, and everything. I remember like a very strong rumor was that Markiplier was going to be playing the security guard in the movie, um, just because he you know became popular from the games. But yeah, this will be interesting. I, I love that they got Jim Hansen um, 
Jim Henson animatronics um, to do the animatronics for this. What if Markiplier was Freddy? <laughs> he just does. <laughs> When you see Freddy's, like, Freddy show up, it's just like, hello, everybody, my name is Markiplier. <laughs> yay on all this casting. I give it a yay. I'm very curious to see how it's going to turn out. We have now entered our last section of the podcast, our DC News section. Oh, boy. <laughs> a lot has happened um, with DC. I have some shocking revelations. Shocking. Number one, uh, Pennyworth, the show, was canceled. Um, excuse me, it's sorry, called sorry. Pennyworth, the origin of Batman's <laughs> butler. And changed the name of her season because no one was watching and knew it was him. That's not the way to get people to watch it. You have to market it so people, and not put it on a dead network, first off. Did you, you see the clip of him watching London get bombed and he just looks mildly, like, distressed? No, I have not. Was that the thing that got sent in the group chat just recently? Yeah, go watch that. I, yeah. It's a clip of it's Albert Pennyworth and a bunch of people at a funeral looking over and watching all of London being nuked. And he it looks like he just, you know, stepped in some gum. That's it. I think they're all just kind of like, huh? Isn't that so funny? And this is from the last episode, too. <laughs> yeah. So it gets canceled with that as the end of the show. Apparently, like, the show is, like, his time, like, it, as, like, a spy or something like that. Yeah, there's mech suits. I have seen that image. <laughs> um, I'm not surprised it's canceled. It, I've never heard anyone talking about it. Well, so. it came out on the network Epics, which I don't think people knew still existed. And now it doesn't exist. It's MGM Plus now. Because apparently, if you have a streaming service, you have to have Plus at the end of it now. And I know you aren't really an Arrowverse boy. A little, you're not like a really an Arrow lad or a Flash man. But here is this poster I'm sending you in the chat. It is for the, it's the new poster for the final season of The Flash. And the, the tagline is the final run. That's a good tagline, and this is a fucking great uh, poster. What's really cool is in this on the there are posters of all the other seasons in the background of the poster. Oh, it's, it's it's got a load for me. So we get to have Flash running through what looks like all of his past seasons and and running past that. So he's running past the past. He's growing. He's on his final journey. Um. I will probably skip to the season and watch the end of the show because I, I wonder how it will go. There's just things I've seen. Like I think the suit, like for the season, doesn't look too bad because the Flash's suit has varied wildly every season. Uh, it's either going to look really good or it's going to look like hot garbage. And okay, then, hold on. You know what? I'm seasons one. Hold on. Seasons one to three are almost the exact same suit with almost no changes at all. Okay, not every single season, but they got to a point of where they were changing them, like, every season. Um, the best suit you guys get season four, by far. It is so good. Season four suit is the best suit. And then, I don't I don't like him in spandex very much. And just because I don't think it's designed super well for the show. Because the, the textures aren't different enough. The cow also just doesn't look good. How dare you? I'm not wrong. Season four Flash is prime Flash. I don't even I don't fight you in this, but the I gotta, the I gotta look this up again. The colors on the lightning are also really cool because it's, it's the lightning there is turning white. If you're not aware, the lightning of the of Flash and Speed Force actually matters and means something. Like white lightning is the most in touch you can possibly be with the Speed Force. So this the suit itself 
from season four doesn't look bad, and the design of the cowl isn't bad. I just hate how smooth it makes his head look. This <laughs> is a little smooth boy. It just it Do looks you... it doesn't look right. Okay, fine. Look up season seven Flash, the current Flash suit. Do you like that better? Because to me, his neck is weird on that. This one? Not gr- yeah. That looks horrible. That's the current Flash suit. That, that's horrible. That's the one you were just commenting a minute ago, saying it's not bad now. Hold on, let me... I'm gonna look up season 10 suits, because if it's the same, I'm gonna take back my words. Ah, uh, then yes, I take back my word. Oh, you don't like a suit? No, it looks... No. It is, it is like a fan... Fa- everyone loves this suit so much. Ah, uh, interesting. Because it's like comic accurate. I'm like... Yeah, but season four actually had texture, and texture makes makes it look good on camera. Like, there's a point of like where you can have something that looks comic accurate, but it has to look nice. <laughs> I think there are times when it looks nicer when he's not wearing the cowl. It looks nicer to me. <laughs> it looks cheap. And well, I, look, this- I hate I hate digging on like you know the costume designers and everything because it's not always like you know their fault. But like, really? Yeah, like with without the cowl, like it looks fine. It's just like they, they can never master his. The only cow that they've gotten right for the Flash is Snyder's, and I think they're about to mess that up with the Flash movie too. We have spent a long time in the Flash poster this final season. That's a good poster, though. Here's another piece of DC TV news, Josh. The Penguin show will tie in to the to Batman Two. Are you surprised? No, I thought it was going to tie into Superman and Lois. I know, crazy. Let's actually do Official news is that it will tie in. Here's a quote. Matt Reeves says, There's actually a whole little fabric of things we're wanting to do. The way we're doing it with the Penguin, and how that comes back into how we'll lead into the sequel. Okay, but also, it's only going to be eight episodes. I think it's that's not a bad length, if they do it right. I like the idea of it being a miniseries, less of a whole show, which is better to me for this. I mean, it could um, be a miniseries for all we know. Watch it just be the penguin just trying to raise, just trying to gain power in the flood. He's cool. just going around the boat. It's just like, follow me. <laughs> I'm a penguin. <laughs> I'm very curious who the villain of the Batman Part Two is going to be. Oh yeah, that's, that's a new piece. It's now called Part Two. Woo! I I always like when movies do tiling like that. I'm like, that's fun. I like that. And not like, not like when you do like an actual like two-parter, like Deathly Hollows Part 1 and Part 2, but like when the sequel is just called Part 2 and Part 3. We're going to pretend for a minute that DC is not getting reset for a second. Margot Robbie said that she wants to see a live-action Poison Ivy romance happen. She said she'd been pushing it for years, and she cannot tell you how, how hard she's been pushing for it. She wants that to happen with her. Her Harley Quinn with a Poison Ivy romance. Would you be open to that hypothetically if Birds of Prey Universe was still what's happening right now? I am fully down for that. I love how they've explored their relationship in the Harley Quinn show. I think it's great. I think that um, them doing it in live action would be really cool to see. I think that they're a, a very fun couple because they're very dysfunctional. So I think that'd be fun to see. And like it'd be like an actual like superhero rom-com would be fun. So I'll give that idea a yay. The possibility of it happening. Who we'll knows? get to that. Who will get to that? Uh... So, yeah, Margo, sure. Yeah, girl, do what you want to do? <laughs> On to some cancellations from DC, <laughs> which there are a few. <laughs> a few, to say the least. Let's start with Wonder Woman 3, but Patty Jenkins and Wonder Woman 3 no longer moving forward at all. Um, 
And Pennington has put out a whole statement about that and Rogue Squadron, which she is, as Rogue Squadron is still in development. It's not canceled right now, but that does, that does not mean it will happen because movies are in development and then stop all the time. Um, and that's normal. It's not like a thing to be upset about or excited. It just things happen. But Wonder Woman 3 being canceled, I, I'm going to give a yay, but not for re- I can't tell you why until we're a little later on. <laughs> Uh, I, for, for me with, with this is like, again, like even reading her statement, there's just like probably a million different things that go into this kind of stuff. It is very disappointing though. Cause she's a great director. The first Wonder Woman was great. I like Wonder Woman 84. Obviously, you know, if you don't, that's your opinion, but to, yeah, I'm the right opinion, bitch. I'm sorry. <laughs> go on. <laughs> but like to see the people that are just like, Oh good. I'm so glad she's not directing it. She's a horrible director. I'm like, no, 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 no. Oh no, no. You just didn't like, no. you just didn't like one movie that she did which happens everyone yeah, i even spielberg has made bad movies i agree that everyone has bad movies or not great movies and it's fine and i think that uh i want to see her do more movies i, I want to see right. rogue squadron i just didn't love 84 for numerous reasons but i love the first one yeah like i want to see her do more stuff yeah, like the the first one's a very different film from the second one, which was a very deliberate choice, and you know it's a choice that you know not everyone loved, which happened. Keaton Batman movie canceled. Are you shocked? Oh no! Whatever will I do now? Remember when Keaton was going to be the next Fury? <laughs> yeah, I for, I remember that insanity. Uh, yeah. Also. His Batman movie was reportedly going to be a Batman Beyond movie. That kind of sucks to lose. That that is a bit disappointing. Yes. And Michelle Pfeiffer was going to return as Catwoman. Yeah, like that part of it is just like okay, that is disappointing. But also, given everything DC, like I'm fine with this not going forward. I think even Keen would be like, yeah, like I don't know what's really happening. <laughs> that would have been a good Elseworlds, which we'll get to later soon as well. But I think yeah. that would, they could have worked as that. I mean, they um, could bring it back. Who knows? They could still do that exact same thing with the future of what was happening. Also, we could have had an old couple of Bruce and uh, not Natasha. <laughs> Selena. Bruce and Natasha. Yeah, I think um, you got your universes mixed up in their Bruce's. Bruce Wayne and Selena Kyle romance as like seven-year-old people. That seems kind of fun. That seems nice. But of course, naturally, he had to be sad and lonely because it's Batman. Superman and Lois season three will still premiere and it'll premiere March 14th on CW. That's a good thing. Yes. Alongside alongside that, on March 14th is premiering Gotham Knights on CW. In other news, (laughs) I'm giving this in the same news piece. I'm giving it a yay because we're getting more Superman Lois. Yes, more Superman Lois I'm fine with. Um, Gotham Knights. uh I will watch the first episode of that show. Just because I want to see what, how it goes. But, okay, this is, again, relating back to Velma. Yet, if you hate Watch, they will make more. This is how Riverdale has been so successful. How dare you? You know, for a fact, Mike Colando will die for that show. <laughs> and I will fight him on that. <laughs> this news piece came out in, like, December. We are aware at this point that Henry Cavill left The Witcher. We, that was the last episode we talked about that. Um... We are now aware that he's doing Warhammer. But I thought he didn't have time to do Warhammer. It was just announced a few months back to be in Black Adam and going forward, Superman. Turns out he is, not, he is not returning to Superman, maybe ever again, in any capacity. 
Um, we don't know that part yet, though. We just know he's not returning back as mainline same Superman. And in the words of James Gunn, the Snyderverse is over. I'm, you know what? I'm happy that he said that. I know it's not going to stop them, but at least, you know, it's confirmation. And Affleck is also officially out as well. Both officially out. Oh, Affleck will be in the Flash movie in some capacity still. But beyond that, Affleck's he, done. He might direct something for them. That's the next news piece, Josh. Affleck met with DC about Dragon Slaying. And I think it'd be so funny if he directed a bat movie, just in general, and piss people off. Because like, wait, what? You, huh? Because I, I remember way back when that I thought that um, when it was announced he was directing his Batman movie, that it was supposed to be like an Arkham Asylum uh, type movie. I, that could just be my memory being stupid. Yeah, that, that was... No, that was correct. It was going to be him fighting through Arkham Asylum, trying to survive, trying to kind of survive as mm-hmm. Batman and fight all his rogues gallery will be there, and it's be really cool. And the main villain would be Deathstroke in that movie still. Okay, that's what uh, Joe Manganiello was. That was a screen test for uh, the, a Batman movie with Ben Affleck. Yeah, I remember. Interesting. So beyond Affleck uh, out and Henry Cavill being out, the Black Superman movie is still happening. Now, like whether it be Valzad or um, the President Superman or whatever, we're getting we're still getting a JJ Abrams produced somehow. Uh, <laughs> I remember when it was announced that DC was teaming up with JJ Abrams and his production company and to make Tashi shows Coast. and movies, and it hasn't happened yet. Nothing has flourished from it. Things have been announced. Things have been canceled. This is one of them, which is apparently yes. still happening. And Tanahasi Coates is still in theory working on a script with J.J. Abrams for a black Superman movie. I'm I'm uh, all for this, but, like, is this going to be the only thing out of all of this? The the Flash trailer will be premiering the Super Bowl, Josh. The chaotic Flash movie. We This is our Ezra news today. You get, you don't just get one Ezra, you get two, maybe more. Maybe three. So we're getting a, we're for sure getting two, I think we're getting three Ezra Millers. It's it's going to be interesting. I am dreading seeing that makeshift Flash suit out of the old Batman suit because from the leaked images, I don't like it. <laughs> it looks better than the current Flash that they're having. I just uh, both, I just, both those Why are they bring, changing Flash's suit from the Snyder version to like the more comic accurate? Because it's not going to look as good. Or who knows? Maybe I'm wrong. Again, I can eat my words. I'm fine with that. It's just the cowl. They also, can never get it right. <laughs> Add an actual lightning bolt belt. Like, add the lightning design there. Instead of just like, random weird like, curvy lines on his chest. I'm also referring to his as in The Flash, not Ezra, who was uh, non-binary. Um, and it's just... This movie. It's Ezra Miller, fascinating. We're having Dark Flash, which seems to be a mix of New 52 Reverse Flash and the Black Flash Time Wraith kind of death. Black Flash in comics is like a corpse rotting zombie flash with a all black suit, and it is the embodiment of death. Cool. And it will, it like, if you are if you are cheating death, I will come murder you, Wally West and Mary Allen. Cool. Um, and it, so Ezra might be playing that version mixed with like his own reverse flash. I, I again, like, I'm curious to see what this movie is like. The stuff behind the scenes is a complete mess. <laughs> But, like, but I also, want to get this film the benefit of the doubt. No more Sasha Kelly after this, probably, either. Which does suck. <laughs> but we don't know how it's going to be. We don't know how this movie's going to shake out. 
We just know, according to Gunn, it resets the universe. He also said it's one of the greatest super- superhero movies he's ever seen. Alright. Uh, well, I'll be the judge of that. I'm the only judge of that. <laughs> You're the only judge. <laughs> I'm the only judge. Let's get to the big boy in the room. The other day, DC, we've known for a while, they're gonna, by the end of January, they're going to release their first plan. That's what we've been told for a while now. By the end of January, James Gunn, Peter Zaffron will release their DC vision. And I thought it'd be a hard reboot. Like a hard, let the movies that are coming out come out, and then just stop, restart. That's it kind, kind of, of is. Yeah, but it's not a hard re- It is a... So DC in comics does a thing where they reboot something in continuity. So it's still... Everything that happened still technically happened in a version of the timeline. But it's reset itself. And so, like, with a huge in-universe event. Like, Flashpoint happens in DC Universe. And afterwards, things are different. So it's, it is a reset. But it, you can go back and see how the reset happened and see the whole past is still technically kind of there. You can do that this. Man of Steel is technically still part of this universe Sort of, you know what I mean? Because that same thing. Yeah, Gun did confirm like the multiverse is going to you know exist in this. As to how it's going right. to play out, we don't know yet. So like Man of Steel, BVS, Suicide Squad, The Suicide Squad, all of that is still technically the same world, same universe, same story than any universe. The Flash movie's happening, which is a huge event. And now after that, time has changed, and events happen differently, and people look different or are different, and we have a whole. The same. Yep, maybe Ezra Miller is staying the same. We don't know yet. We don't know yet for some reason, even though they're not in jail, which they should be. So, this new slate. Starting with, next up is Shazam! Fury of the Gods. That comes out next. And that is still part of this, the core DCEU, which is what's been going on. And that leads apparently directly into The Flash. Timeline-wise, it's the same time, roughly. Yeah. After that Flash movie, we have our reset. Oh boy, into what is now the DCU. Starting with that, we have Blue Beetle coming in. Uh, James Gunn said Blue Beetle kind of exists on its own. Like it, it can work in the new DC universe, and that's fine. Um, which I am all for keeping movies that already exist. And then we go from that to Aquaman, The Lost Kingdom. But I think this will be Jason Momoa's last. Which is weird, because if this comes out in the new DCU, it means he's still Aquaman. Do you know what I mean? It's- this, and this is what we mean by it's a bit weird. They're not just resetting everything. Because if they keep Jason Momoa as Aquaman, like after they said it was going to be a reset, but he's still the same Aquaman. And Jason Momoa, they came as they can't recast Aquaman again, even though they might want to do that. But Momoa is also heavily implied that he might be playing Lobo. Now, he hasn't which said that a- specifically, but. It seems like that's what's going to happen. Right, which is a very pale-faced space bounty hunter who looks exactly like Jason Momoa. Maybe Aquaman Lost Kingdom will set will be somehow set, technically speaking, before the time change. It could be. Who knows? I don't know. I don't know. And now, after this now, we are now in what is called Chapter 1, Gods and Monsters. And keep in mind, this is not every single thing yet. They did make that clear. The problem that sucks with that is you're moving Henry Cavill... Who wants to be there still? But keeping maybe Margot Robbie, keeping maybe Jason Momoa, it's like, pick a side. Either all or nothing, you know? I like some of the premise of it. I like some of the concepts. I think it's a not a good... To be fair, you think back to, like, Marvel, it's just, like, they start with, like, Iron Man, Thor, Captain America. And like, you know, if you don't know these characters, it, that seems like a very strange lineup. Like, you would expect at that time, like, Spider-Man, the X-Men, like, the stuff that people know. 
We're starting with Creature Commandos, an animated um, an animated event, basically. We have um, characters like Weasel returning. Yes! Um, which, we have Rick Flagg Sr. Uh, we have Nina Mazursky, Dr. Phosphorus, who the Batman villain, Frankenstein, Eric Frankenstein, specifically. Then we also have the Bride of Frankenstein, who is the lead. And finally, we have uh, G.I. Robot, who's not being confused with Robot Man from Doom Patrol, which is also a canceled show. And this will be a series, but it's, so the first thing they're doing for the new Phase 1 is an animated show, which I think is a pretty bad way to start this all. But the core about this idea is it gives them, it buys them time. Yeah. It gives them, because their first real movie coming out is Superman Legacy, which we'll get to in a minute, but like, so it, that's not until 2025. So they have a few more, so they can put out some shows to help kind of fill the space mm-hmm. with new content in the universe. And I get that ap- approach. Like, it makes sense on a business side, but it doesn't make sense on a story side to me, but that's okay. I think, I think that, that Gunn and Saffron deliberately made these choices for a reason. And obviously, we don't know what those reasons are, but if Gunn has proven one thing, he can take C-list characters, C to D-list characters, and put them into teams and make them compelling characters. He did it with Guardians, but, and he did it with the Suicide Squad. Which kind of, that's why I don't want to see this. It's the same thing again. It's more of the same gun stuff. Look, if he can do it, he can make it work. And again, we don't know what the show is going to be like. Another show, we have Waller, a live-action HBO Max series with the Violet Davis returning again, which I also don't wish... This is also confusing. Because Peacemaker is also coming back, which is also confusing, which is a direct reference to The Suicide Squad and to Black Adam with um, Harcourt. It's and ju- the Justice League appear at the final episode. Well, not all. Right, but, like, but like Peacemaker... Is firmly in the DCEU. You can, with, you can you know twist it around so that way it works. And I think Waller is the same kind of deal, but it's still weird. And so Waller is a way to bridge between seasons one and season two. Um, of Peacemaker. I'm willing to bet that Gunn like already had season two of Peacemaker either like fully laid out or was already like writing most of it. But then you know once he you know became the head of DC, he's like, okay, I got to put this on hold and I got you know rework it because of the reset and everything. So like. If he like fast tracked Peacemaker season two, and you know with how everything is going, it wouldn't make sense at all. But the first movie coming out is Superman Legacy, which comes after Waller. Um, and this is intriguing to me. It's a twenty-five-year-old reportedly Superman years, which is going to be our age that year comes out. We'll be Clark Kent age. That's fucking weird, man. That's fucking meaning weird. <laughs> one of us needs to be cast, right? I, I say me. I clearly had the physique for Superman. Naturally. And this is really the launch of the DCU. This is really the first main big thing. It will follow on Superman balancing his Kryptonian heritage with his human upbringing with an already kind of established Superman, but again, he's like 25 years old, so he's not like super, super established. He's just like, I'm a young boy. I'm trying to be in the big city now. Hey, that's me. I'm Superman. You know, that's actual script quotes, by the way. I'm not making that up. <laughs> um, and that's July 11th, 2025. And then we get to have amazing stories like with According to the gun, we get to have villains like Gorilla Grodd and Joker in these kind of stories now. Why do you mention Joker? We, already ha- we we know. But Gorilla Grodd will be in these stories eventually, Josh. We could have a big ape who is telekinetic. Yes. That's all I've wanted in life. Um, but we get to see an actual hopeful, kind Superman that no one can debate in this version. The goal of Superman, I think, is to make sure that no one can debate his sincerity. 
Yeah, because you know, and again, people. I like Men of Steel, but um, the nine elevening of Metropolis is very hard. And I'm not wrong. I, I'm not the first to say that. Uh, but you said it is now. I'm um, aware I did. But I like the idea of this a lot. I think starting with something like this. But I wish our next thing was not a. It's next thing is called Lanterns. It's a live action HBO Max show with Hal Jordan and John Stewart. Why is this not the next movie? Well, I think it's just the idea that they had. Like, you could do it as a movie, but again, this is, again, it's to give them more time for the movies. We have heard of a Lantern show for like a decade now. The same buddy cop premise again and again. I'll, all I'll say is, is that this is an interesting premise, and I'm very curious to see what it'll be like. And I've seen people complain that, like, why is this not like a big space opera thing? I'm like, have you seen a, the HBO Max, like, Titans? Have you seen their budget for effects? It's not good. They don't have Disney Plus money. That's why it shouldn't be HBO Maxing. It should be an actual movie. I, again, it could be... A, there's probably a million factors that we don't know. It could be a scheduling thing. could be with all the other stuff going on. They probably don't want to you know, put too many movies in theaters at once, put too many shows on at once. Also, they could use this as a way to introduce the idea of lanterns to general audiences and then have a Green Lantern movie not long after to actually have one of them have a lead story. Oh, I, I imagine Green Lantern, you know, is going to get his own movie, who whatever version it is, because it's um, how what's his what's how Jordan and John Stewart. I was about to say Hal Stewart, but that was from Megamind. <laughs> I think we're going to get a John Stewart Lantern movie and have this be a way to introduce him and his dynamic. Oh, yeah. Next thing that really confuses me. Because I like this idea for like five, ten years later. And that's the authority. If you're unaware, they are a deconstruction of the Justice League. A.K.A. a team that's not formed yet in this world. Well, given the reset, I would imagine the Justice League maybe exists to a degree. but Maybe. Knows. Maybe. But that's another, I wish we actually had an actual form. Got to watch the version of the Justice League forming for the first time. Yeah. Um, but but this, the authority, Josh, has Apollo and Midnighter, a.k.a. gay Superman and Batman. And I am so excited for the entire world who hates Last of Us Episode 3 to watch this movie. To lose like, their minds. <laughs> yes. The idea of bringing the morally great Justice League before we see the Justice League <laughs> is an odd choice. I, I think, to be fair, that Gunn and Saffron like, know that most general audiences know just the Justice League, both from the theatrical version and the Snyder Cut, and then from the other versions as well. Obviously, I get what you mean by this version of Justice League we still need to see, but I think that it gets the point across that we know a Justice League and what they're supposed to I also don't know if I like the idea of having already established superheroes in this world yet. I want to actually see them start to form, not just all at once already existing. Paradise Lost, a.k.a. a Wonder Woman show without Wonder Woman. The the idea of exploring Themyscira before you know before Wonder Woman, I think is fine. I'm I'm curious to learn more about you know the way of the Amazons and their world and everything. I think the shows will be kind of like what the MCU shows should have been, and things that you can choose to watch but aren't at all essential, like cool background, cool world building for this universe. Um, like this could be a cool thing about Themyscira, about this version of Themyscira, and understand Paris Island, and get to know this version of these characters. And then you can watch the movies and get to know the cinematic version of these characters. I think this might be a good approach to have that balance of actually, you can watch this cool content of shows, but you don't need to watch any, you can just watch the movies. That's probably what it will be. Yeah. Um, cause, because it is the past, and that'll be interesting. And next we have a Batman thing. 
This movie is called The Brave and the Bold, which boldly does not have Batman in the title for this movie. Was it? A, huh? This movie is not called Batman the Brave and the Bold. It's just called The Brave and the Bold. Hmm. Which is a interesting choice. I know it's not going to be another Dark Phoenix situation because I know they're actually going to market this. <laughs> yes, they will. But also, it'll be the first time we have seen Batman and Robin on the big screen together since the movie Batman and Robin. And no, I'm not counting John Blake from Dark Knight Rises. What do you mean? He's the best Robin! <laughs> this Robin they're choosing is a choice. I wouldn't go with it. Uh, Damian Wayne, who's a cool character, but his introduction is a dick. I don't mean Dick Grayson. He's an asshole. <laughs> he is a, a the worst little child on earth who's a ninja assassin and wants to cause murder and is an awful human being until later in the run where he be, gains more you know human humility but that is a long time I, I love him in the Harley Quinn show he's played by Jacob Tremblay and he's fantastic is he actually? yeah so what's funny is that this is based on uh, this, this is the new DCU Batman so new cast not Robert Pattinson not Ben Affleck they made it very clear about that um, Batman Part 2 with, with Matt Reeves is still happening but this is a story of Damian Wayne who's Batman's like blood son but he's Talia al Ghul and Bruce Wayne's child Damian Wayne um, raised by Rachel Ghul and Talia al Ghul to in the League of Assassins trained as an assassin left to go find Bruce his father um, and then chaos ensued, ensued and he became a little Robin boy. He is the youngest Robin to be ro- pretty consistently a, a young boy for a lot of it. Bruce um, called this tiny little assassin that tries to murder everyone. He's like, I want to make him my sidekick. That'll end well. So it's based on the Grant Morrison run of comic run, which everyone, which everyone loves. The problem they keep is to me, the picture they keep using in this Grant Morrison run, are you aware of what's in this picture, Josh? I've, I've heard it's um, Dick Grayson when he took over as Batman. <laughs> That's how Rob Damien Wayne is pretty much introduced. Damien Wayne's first Batman was not Bruce Wayne. I mean, again, we don't know. It could be. It could be Dick. If the DCU's Batman is Dick Grayson, I will lose my mind. I, if if it happens, I don't think it's going to be a permanent thing. Well, that's the thing is that Dick would be roughly right the same age as Superman in this world. Could be if Damien exists, they've already had Nightwing, Red Hood, Red Robin. Well, they did announce. I don't. You have it on the thing. It's either a show or a movie about the Bat family. So these other characters like Nightwing, uh, Tim Drake, uh, Batgirl, like it's gonna happen. What you're referring to is actually this movie. Uh, this is going to feature other members of the extended Bat family. But yeah, so um, like it's established that you know they've existed before, right? So what? How old is Bruce? How much older is he than Superman? That should not be a big age gap. <laughs> Look, they're going by comic logic. Even though Dick is the same age as Bruce, Bruce is still 30-something. It's nonsense. It doesn't work in film that way. I'm fine with Damien being a main Robin, but not if Superman is 20. It means, it, it means you have to have an older Batman. And they're going to cut rid of having the older fine. Batman fine. twice. Br- fine. Bruce and Talia hooked up when he was 18. Um, Batman's the same age as Superman, so Damien is like five. The natural order of things. Uh, all, all the Robins are still children. <laughs> I wish we, but the idea, I think part of this is it saves Dick Grayson for the Batman part two or three. Yeah. I, again, like, they're clearly making these choices for a reason. And 
and again, this is similar to like comics, like with other like universes in Elseworld, they do things differently in them for a certain reason. And this is, you know, they're doing it again for a certain reason. Next up on the list is the a Booster Gold uh, HBO Max live action series. He's a loser from the future. That's his whole shtick. Is he is he's a, a wimp? The future. He's pa- he's pa- he's pathetic. There's nothing really cool about him. He has a huge ego. He pretends to be cool. He can time travel back to the past, and he brings futuristic technology to kind of pretend to be a superhero, and then stumbles in to being a superhero. And his best friend is Ted Cord, aka original Blue Beetle, and. I think that's fantastic. Uh, he, it's imposter syndrome, the movie, the character. <laughs> and he is a loser. He's so funny and stupid, and I love him. But again, this would not be my chapter one of the DCU. <laughs> so many of his choices are not the best starting place. A lot of people, I think the general public, does not know Dick, Tim, Damien, Jason. Um, if I ask my mom, they're all just Robin. So starting with Damien feels like a weird place to start with that. And similar with, like, Booster Gold to me. Well, I think that this is kind of what Gunn Saffron want to do. They want to, you know, obviously establish, you know, the big ones like Superman and Batman that people know, but also explore them in ways that haven't been explored before. So you have, you know, Damien show up. And, like, most general public have absolutely no idea that Batman has a biological son and that he's a Robin. And, of course, it's going to explore the other Robins as well in the movie. But then you have, you know, complete randos like Booster Gold that are getting, you know, a movie and then like Swamp Thing. Again, like general public doesn't really know them. So they want to do the weird stuff and they want to do the normal stuff and like really show people what DC is. And next up on the list is Supergirl One of Tomorrow, a comic that, which is basically a comic that came out like this past year. That's so fast for a turnaround time. Good job. Must be, must be pretty good then if it caught Gunn's attention. Like 2021 to 2022 was the run. That's it. Eight issues. And it's a wild ride. Basically, it's just Superman was sent to Earth, raised by, uh, you know, Martha and John, uh, Kent, and Kara, his cousin, was still on Krypton in a piece that drifted away from the planet during the explosion, basically. And she lived there for the, for the first 14 years of her life in a horrible situation where she watched everyone under die. So she's much harsher and more fucked up Supergirl than you're used to thus far. So if you're used to Melissa Benoist, Melissa Benoit, it's not that. She's she's like Joel Last of Us, but a Supergirl in an alien planet. Cool. Um, and that's like, that can be, to me can work really well. To end off our Gods and Monsters chapter one thing right here is Swamp Thing. A show they just canceled, by the way, <laughs> not long ago. Okay, I remember that whole thing. They canceled it before it even premiered. Um, yeah, which is stupid, because that Swamp Thing looked fantastic. And so Swamp Thing, I described my girlfriend as a big, sw- a big carrying Swamp Monster, and she said, so Shrek? No, not quite. It'll be He's totally... more like Fred from Werewolf uh, by Night. Yeah, but she's not seen that either, so... It's dark origins. It's creepy. It's myth- it's mythic, and I do think the idea of introducing some of the weirder parts of the DC universe early on can be helpful. So a something like Guardians wouldn't be as jarring, like like Nat, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. But to get a Swamp Thing movie or show before like a Wonder Woman, a an actual Flash that's not part of the weird reset stuff, a Flash movie that's not a Flashpoint movie with three Ezra Millers. 
I, again, this I think this goes back to like they know that like people have already gotten you know stuff like that already, and of course they're going to do new versions. They kind of people already have gotten these, so let's give them something new. And they're obviously doing this for Superman and Batman; they're the big figures of DC. But to give them you know a version they haven't seen before, and to really establish how different they are. This is our DC Chapter One: God the Monster Slave. Josh, what do you think overall? Yay or nay? I'm going to give it a yay. I think it's interesting. I think they're going to be taking big risks with these um, choices. Um, I think that I'm very curious to see who they cast in these roles. Um, they've already gotten some great um, writers um, to work on these. James Mangold apparently is in talks to make Swamp Thing. Fine by me. He's a great director. And, like, you know, I'd be very curious to see him go horror and do creepy stuff. So I... James Gunn, if you're listening to this, because you clearly are... Um, <laughs> I am not critical because I'm mad at you, or because I think it's, <laughs> or I'm not critical because I think it's bad. I'm mostly confused, and that's why it always comes from. Um, and I think it's a very interesting and odd choices. I'm giving a tentative nay for now. Again, I, it could be blown away. I think once we see the other half of this slate, it would help. Of this, of this chapter one, he could be holding it back for a reason. Yeah, that, that maybe the next movie is Justice League. Maybe? Who knows? Next Swamp movie. Thing, Booster Gold, Superman, Batman, <laughs> Weasel. No, the next movie, the next movie is, is um, Black Adam 2. But not Dwayne <laughs> John, but Vin Diesel instead. Yes, also not Egyptian. <laughs> the natural progression. Oh. Also, James Gunn, I know and I'm, not, I'm not mad at you, so please, let me make Nightwing the movie, please. Or play Nightwing. I can get buff. I can be a gymnast. You don't know. My dream is to like make a naming movie, so hear me out. Me and Josh make some weird shit for you. I'll make weird comedy shit that and I Yeah, just let me do that. Anyway, that's our show somehow. It's been been different. But Josh, what do you think of Gods and Monsters and the news of the Oscars and of the last of us? Everything else that's happened we've discussed. It's been a weird two months, to say the least, and just the news, there's been a lot of it. A lot good, a lot bad. We're back, baby! We are back, baby! And next episode is our year in review, which we, it's a little delayed, but I had to catch up on some movies and shows and stuff, so. Yes. It's fine. Again, adulting, it's a bitch. I moved across the country. I need a break from things, so next episode will be our year in review. And then after that, it's probably Quantumania and The Last of Us. It's my guess. Uh, so. I think Last of Us ends in sometime in March. Josh, where can people find you online? I'm at places. I'm on uh, Instagram, Rudy 16 Twitter, JanusCoreRudy28, YouTube at Josh Rudolph. I have not been able to upload for a while just because of work and everything. Uh, I have things planned, uh, so be on the lookout for stuff in the near future. Email the show. You can email the show at podgeekspeak at gmail.com or tweet at us with hashtag geekspeakpod or at geekspeakpod on Twitter. I am on TikTok and Instagram at thatnerdtheater or I'm on Twitter at thetheaternerd. You can tweet at me and just call me a dumb bitch because I know it's true. Um, and you can stay tuned for Josh who's making another movie soon. I'm filming it tomorrow. I should be in bed. <laughs> But we had a job to do, so we did it. You're damn right we did. Goodbye, y'all! 
A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.